Welcome to the Ship Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's Precious Metals News. It's Friday, June 5th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. So gold was selling off through the middle of the week and briefly dipped below $1,700 per ounce on Wednesday. This was basically due to optimism about the economy opening up. But the elemental rebounded a bit on Thursday with a worse-than-expected weekly unemployment report, and it pushed back into the $1,720 per ounce range. Now, today we're going to get the monthly labor report. So it'll be interesting to see what those numbers are and how that affects the market and how things close out today. Silver also lost some ground uh, in the middle of the week, dipping below $18 per ounce. Meanwhile, the silver-gold ratio climbed slightly to just over 96 to 1. Now, silver charted its biggest monthly gain in nine years in May. The spot pipe price of the white metal went into the month at $14.96 per ounce, and it closed on May 29th at $17.98 per ounce. That was a 20.7% increase. The white metal was up above $18 per ounce early this week before giving up some of those gains along with gold. Now, analysts think that silver could get a further boost as economies open up. And although silver is fundamentally a monetary metal, industrial use is a significant source of demand. Regardless, silver is still way undervalued compared to gold, and that tells me that it has a potential for a big run-up still. So why did we see this drop in the price of gold and silver this week? Well, investors were definitely in a risk-on mood. Again, there's just this optimism about the economy opening up. Uh, All of your typical safe havens dropped. We had a drop in bonds, a drop in the dollar, Swiss franc, yen, and meanwhile, stocks had a really good week. But you know, this huge rally in the stock market is really inexplicable, at least if you believe the market is supposed to be telling you something about our economic future. Get this, the S&P 500 is only down about 3.5% on the year, and the NASDAQ is actually up on the year. Now, think about what has happened over the last year and ask yourself, how does this make any sense? Let's take a trip back in time. Let's go back to the end of last year, the end of 2019. People were really optimistic. The stock market was booming. There was no sign of a recession in sight. Trump and the TV pundits on on MSNBC were talking about the greatest economy in history. But since then, the U.S. economy has plunged into the worst recession since the Great Depression. It was sparked by a global pandemic. Over 42 million people have filed for unemployment. The Federal Reserve is printing dollars at breakneck speed. The federal government has run up trillions of dollars in new debt, borrowing for stimulus and bailouts. And we've seen major civil unrest with looting and destruction in many major American cities. Now, if back in January or back at the end of 2019, if I had told you that all of this was going to happen, would you have believed that the S&P 500 would barely be down or that the NASDAQ would be up some 8%? 
I mean, the economic carnage that we've seen over the last couple of months is really unfathomable. I mentioned the weekly unemployment claims report for this week. According to the Labor Department, another 1.877 million people filed claims for unemployment insurance last week. In the past 11 weeks, 42.6 million new claims were filed. Continued claims for unemployment went up 649,000 to 21.5 million in the week ending May 23rd. So there's a two-week lag on that data. The week before, that number had fallen, and everybody was saying, oh, it's a sign of improvement. That didn't last long, did it? So let me get this straight. Economies are opening back up. Ostensibly, people are going back to work. And we still had 1.877 million brand new unemployment claims last week. That's a huge number. And yet people are patting themselves on the back because it's under 2 million. I mean, I guess you got to find good news where you can, right? The point is the unemployment situation would be considered dire right now if it weren't for the fact that it was super dire a few weeks ago. You know, this is not a sign that the economy is about to take off. And yet the stock market is in this big rally mode. It makes zero sense. I mean, the market was priced for perfection to start the year. I don't know about you, but I'm not prepared to rank 2020 as perfect. In fact, all we really need to round this out is a big natural disaster and a war. And yet here we are with the Dow over 26,000. There is only one way to explain this. Say a big thank you to the Federal Reserve. The stock market is enjoying all of the money printing. You know, this is stock market bubble 3.0, or maybe it's 4.0 or 5.0. I can't keep up. Let's see. We had the dot-com bubble. We'll call that 1.0. That popped and we had the housing bubble. I don't know. Is that a stock market bubble? Uh, and let's not call that 2.0. We'll, we'll go on. When that popped in 2008, the Fed blew up a new stock market bubble. We'll call that, I think we're at 3.0. That popped in the fall of 2018 when the Fed kind of sort of tried to normalize rates and shrink its balance sheet. So we got the Powell pause and three rate cuts in 2019, and the Fed went back to QE. All of that reinflated the bubble, so that would be... 4.0 or maybe 5.0 if you count the housing bubble. Then coronavirus popped that bubble and we had a massive sell-off in March. And now we have 0% interest rates again in QE Infinity and a new bubble. So yeah, this is, see I lost count again. Let's just call this stock market bubble X.0 because that's what we've got right now. We've got stock market bubble X.0 and people are selling gold. You know, that really doesn't seem all that smart to me. And not just because the stock market is a bubble and it's apt to pop again. Peter talked about this in his podcast last week. Gold isn't really a stock market hedge. It's a currency hedge. And the Fed is creating currency at breakneck speed. And when I say creating currency, I mean creating inflation. Central banks have told everybody that we are intentionally destroying the value of the dollar. That's the goal. They want prices to go up. They want more inflation. They want your dollar to keep losing value. Gold is a hedge against central banks creating inflation. It's a hedge against debasing currency. Instead of selling gold because the stock market is going up, investors need to understand why the stock market is rising. And like I said, it's the money money printing. It's the currency debasement. Ultimately, this has to drive the value of gold. 
Gold will almost certainly become more valuable because of what the central bank is doing to prop up the stock market and to prop up the economy. As Peter put it the other day, the rising stock market right now is not a sell signal for gold. It's a buy signal. So I'm tired of talking about the uh, economy and coronavirus. So let's talk about something that's not COVID-19 or the Fed. Let's talk about the war on cash. You know, governments don't really like cash. You can hide it under your mattress. They have a hard time tracing what you buy with cash. It's hard to control cash. Governments would much rather you use a digital currency. Then they can track, trace, and even control how you spend it. That's why we've seen a lot of push for a cashless society in recent years. Now, they'll tell you that it's for your convenience and to stop bad guys from doing bad stuff. But that's all a big front. The war on cash is about controlling you and me. I do a lot of activism work on surveillance, and if you want to know where we're heading, all you have to do is look at China. Everything that China does ends up in the United States a few years later. Well, the Chinese have just upped the ante in the war on cash. The Chinese government has launched a pilot program for a digital version of the yuan. The virtual currency creates the potential for the government to track and even control consumer spending. And oh, by the way, some people think it could even threaten dollar dominance down the road. Now, a digital currency is really nothing more than a virtual banknote or a coin that exists in a digital wallet on your smartphone instead of in your billfold or in your purse. The value of the digital currency is backed by the state, just like any traditional fiat currency. The Chinese program kicked off in April with a limited rollout in several cities that I'm not going to try to pronounce. But even with this limited rollout, Chinese digital currency is still a long way from full adoption. So the question is, why is China so eager to roll out this digital money? Like I said, ultimately, it's all about control. The government can easily track digital payments. As Bloomberg put it, digital currency, quote, offers Chinese authorities a degree of control never possible with physical money. Specifically, a digital currency might allow the Chinese government to more closely monitor mobile app purchases that account for about 16% of the country's GDP. Bloomberg describes just how much control digital currency could give Chinese officials. Quote, the People's Bank of China has also indicated that it could put limits on the sizes of some transactions or even require an appointment to make large ones. Some observers wonder whether payments could be linked to the emerging social credit system, wherein citizens with exemplary behavior are whitelisted for privileges, while those with criminal and other infractions find themselves left out. China's goal is not to make payments more convenient, but to replace cash so it can keep closer tabs on people than it already does, argues Aaron Brown, a crypto investor who writes for Bloomberg Opinion. So this is super creepy. It's easy to shrug off China's experimentation with digital currency as something going on over there. But like I said, what happens over there ends up here. And U.S. policymakers like the idea, too. In fact, they have already toyed with the idea of digital dollars. A Democratic proposal for the stimulus payments in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic featured digital currency deposited into digital wallets. And some officials actually admitted it would potentially allow the government to control how that money was spent. So 
coming to a theater near you, as the saying goes. There is also concern that a Chinese digital currency could eventually threaten dollar dominance. You know, if nothing else, it could limit America's ability to weaponize the dollar. Uh, A research pair over at Harvard Kennedy School wrote an article published by Foreign Affairs warning that digital yuan could weaken the U.S. geopolitically. Quote, the advent of digital currencies will degrade the efficacy of U.S. sanctions, limiting the country's options to respond to national security threats from Iran, North Korea, Russia, and others. It will also hamper the ability of U.S. authorities to track illicit financial flows. And China, meanwhile, will use the combination of its digital yuan and strong electronic payment platforms to expand its influence and reinforce its capacity for economic coercion in Africa, the Middle East, and Southeastern Asia. Widespread adoption of the Chinese currency could even threaten the dollar's position as the reserve currency. With the Federal Reserve running the dollar printing presses at full speed and the U.S. government expanding the national debt into the stratosphere, there have actually already been some calls for a currency to replace the dollar as the world reserves. Now, you know, we're a long way from from the yuan becoming that currency, but the digitalization of it and, and creating these payment platforms... I mean, it's something that could happen down the road. Now, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I'm really more concerned with the U.S. playing copycat and rolling out these cashless networks here in the U.S. But, you know, the whole thing is something to keep your eye on for sure. So the devaluation of your dollars, coupled with the war on cash, all of this screams for an alternative, right? Like gold. If you want to learn more about how gold can help protect your wealth, I highly recommend you talk to a Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist today. All you got to do is call 1-888-GOLD-160 or shoot them an email over at info at shiftgold.com. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap at iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play, or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. Links to all that stuff are over on the show notes page. I really appreciate you listening to the show. I hope you have a great weekend, and I will talk to you next Friday.